Welcome to Marketing Thought Leadership, the podcast that offers insightful discussions on thought-provoking marketing topics. Here's the host of our show, marketing consultant, speaker, author, and educator, and the president of L2M Associates, Linda Popke. Hi, this is Linda Popke, and welcome to our latest episode of Marketing Thought Leadership. We're here today with Kelly Richards, the CEO of the All Access Group. Now, Kelly is a trailblazer in digital media and uh, music areas with more than 20 years of senior-level experience. She connects innovators and technologies with creative leaders in entertainment and guides her clients to create big visions, make big connections, and achieve big success. She's worked with everything from funded startups to Fortune 100 companies dedicated to creating innovative consumer-facing technologies in digital music and entertainment. Welcome, Kelly. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Linda. Always good to uh, have a chance to chat with you. Terrific. Thank you. So tell me, you're working a lot with, with musicians and artists. How important is it, from their perspective, that of an artist or a band, to be communicating directly with their fans right now? And, and how is it that, that social media kind of enables that to happen? Well, you know, um, uh, oddly enough, I'm one of the pioneers in the so-called direct-to-fan movement. Um, been working on it for a little over 15, 16 years now, I, I would say, from my days uh, running digital music uh, initiatives at Apple. And, um, you know, it's taken about that amount of time for artists to get that they actually are a brand and that the, why it's important for them to go direct to their fans in the wake of the labels changing uh, the, the power structure, changing from the, the labels to the artists. And so it's taken them a long time to get that. And initially what was, what was uh, necessary for them was to have a website. Um, that was the big hurdle a decade ago. Every artist had to have a website uh, as a place for fans to find them on the web. Now we fast forward to the world of social media, uh, arguably a decade plus, maybe 15 years later, and uh, what's happened is the same thing's true. You've you got to have a, at least a Facebook page as an artist or a band uh, because that's where your fans are. Um, you've got to go where your fans go. You've got to use the tools they're using. And a few years before Facebook became super prominent, every band had a MySpace page. Right. Um, I don't think it's as important for artists to, have, uh, to tweet necessarily. Uh, that's pers- you know, totally a matter of preference as to whether an artist should have a Twitter account. Um, many artists w- don't want to have to be burdened with having to tweet on a regular basis. So again, that's per- you know, totally personal preference. But almost every artist now must also have a Facebook page in, in addition to their website. Really focus on Facebook. My, and, and I thought that the MySpace was still a little bit relevant only in the music industry, but you think that that's kind of no longer as important? No, I, we have a, I, I've, I've, I've written a book recently that uh, actually went to number one on, on Amazon and Kindle called Taking the Crowd to the Cloud, and it's all about social media for the music industry in particular, although that's not the extent of my focus. That's a big part of it. Um, and we do have a whole chapter in there dedicated to why MySpace is still important for musicians. I mean, every artist has a MySpace page. And it still has a role. You know, MySpace as a company started to fall out of favor in the wake of Facebook's dominance. However, um, uh, Justin Timberlake, uh, the artist, recently invested in reviving MySpace. So I wouldn't count MySpace out entirely yet. I think it's got a, a second running yet ahead. Still important for artists. That's, that's what I thought. So if you're an artist, MySpace is important, Facebook is important. 
what about um, one of the networks that you cover in your book is, is meetup.com. Yeah. So ta- talk a little bit about that, and why is that really important for artists to reach their audiences? Well, Meetup, uh, most people think of as a way for individuals to connect um, that, are, that, that share a like-minded passion, kind of a birds of a feather, people that would flock into a group, be they wine tasting or golf or what have you. But um, uh, most artists are not in a position where they're, they're touring the country. And even if they are, Meetup turns out to be a great space to engage with their audience. Um, certainly, while most of the, the work is regionally based, Meetup remains a phenomenal way to engage and build an audience and a tribe of brand advocates. And I think the first reason an artist would want to be on Meetup is, is live interaction. Unlike social, other social networks, uh, Meetup is an online portal where participants can actually meet live through local regional events. And um, being a live event network, there's no better way to sell yourself as an artist or your work or even your merchandise than face-to-face. So that's about as direct a fan as it gets. Um, I think another reason to be on Meetup would be that it's one of the best-kept secrets in social media, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's flexible. Although it does have the live component, you can also run and invite your, your fans to virtual events. So you could throw a pride private paid teleseminar or streaming concert for your fans, for instance, and invite all of your Meetup members, even though it's a virtual event. Great. So definitely, so as a way both virtually and, um, and live to, uh, to get in front of them. And I'm, I'm hearing a common theme here, which is really the connecting with your fans. And, and you said this is something you pioneered a, a long, long time ago, but really going direct to fan is it, it, it's something that, uh, that our, our social media today enable, and it sounds like it's absolutely incredibly important for an artist or band to do that. Yeah, it's, it's certainly true in terms of leveraging social media as a tool. It's true beyond social media as well. Um, again, because the record labels, um, the balance of power has shifted away from the one way you had to get heard when you were an artist in days past was to be signed to a big record label, and it had a one-dimensional aspect. There was a linear format. the only way you could get into retail. Now all of that has been disintermediated. You don't need to be with a major label, especially if you're already a branded artist with a following, an established following. Um, but no matter what, your fan base actually wants to connect with you. That's always been true. And now it's enabled uh, by tools of digital distribution and social media. They, they want to know where your gigs are. They want to know how to get your latest merchandise. And inevitably to have that warm, fuzzy, one-on-one connection with you um, is something they've never had access to. And it's never been more uh, possible than by social media. So by, by opening up you know, your, your own soul a little bit as an artist, and being willing to engage with your audience, you can accomplish so much more than you ever could in times past. And you can build a live and viral army of brand advocates who do a lot of your marketing heavy lifting for you. And, you know, it it just makes sense. If you think about all the ways that so many brands try to use social media, this is one that that just absolutely all the pieces are in the right place there. Let's talk a little bit about YouTube. Because uh, YouTube, you know, it's video, it's video, it's audio, it's interactive in, in the sense that you get to see things going on. How important is that for artists today? And how can they use that platform uh, beyond just the, the typical, uh, let's put a music video up there, but what are there ways that artists could be using YouTube they might not be thinking about? Right, that's a great question, Linda. You know, I, I right alongside your Facebook page and your website, I think if you're an artist, having a YouTube channel is absolutely a must-have. 
It replaces what MTV used to be, again, in this direct-to-artist-to-fan connection. Your fans are looking for your videos, be it a music video, be it um, footage you shot in the tour bus or backstage warming up for a concert, be it actual live concert footage that you're sharing. It's just a key component to any artist's online presence. Um, and in fact, it's used by a huge market segment as an at-will music player. In fact, more so than all other online sources combined come to find out. With the press of a button, an artist's fans can embed the latest video of a gig, the in-studio footage uh, while they're recording or rehearsing, or interviews onto the fans' blogs and on their social media pages, again, becoming brand advocates of that artist or, or band. And remember, it's, it's really easy to post videos of your gigs and events, but what definitely sells are those velvet rope peeks into a band's process, the recording, the, the tour bus, the sound check, or even direct-to-fan messages. It's definitely worth knowing that Google owns YouTube, and about a year ago they created an indexing feature, which means that all of the audio and verbiage on a video is indexable, in other words, searchable. Right. So what an artist says definitely matters, and those pieces r make the artist ranking rise when somebody uh, looks for the artist in Google. And, and finally, and, uh, I have to add one more thing. You know, YouTube is, is, is super mighty. It's strong. It's super easy to post a video and then share it on Facebook, tweet a link through Twitter, and then copy the HTML code from the video itself and post it to the artist or band's blog. Yeah, and even on websites and newsletters, video is super engaging. And what might be an entire page of written text on a website can be captured in a great short four-minute video or even shorter than that. So my best advice for bands and artists to post, uh, is, is to post short videos regularly to try to build a following. And they may not necessarily find that through YouTube itself, but they may find it through Twitter followers, Facebook friends, newsletter readers, etc. Once they make, make their way through a link to your YouTube page, you want them to uh, have a large and amazing library of videos to keep them coming back and sharing with their friends. Absolutely. And, and again, we're not talking about just those, those big orchestrated MTV music videos, but a, a discussion with, you know, somebody with a, an iPhone, you know, just interviewing a, a fan or interviewing a, an artist and, and just putting something up there quick and dirty, so to speak, but, but getting that connection there. That's it, yeah. Yep. So let's talk a little bit, um, blog talk radio. Mm -hmm. What is the impact that a radio show can, can have for an owner or, or an artist actually um, doing their own streaming radio show? Do you have any background in this one? I do. I actually have my own blog talk radio weekly online show. And um, what I do is I, I, I showcase my relationships with top artists and tech execs, music industry execs, film industry execs, my friends in digital media and entertainment. And they turn out to be wonderful little fireside chats where we share ideas about where things are headed, where we've come from, where, where, where the industry is moving. They're quite entertaining. Now, um, an artist actually could do their own streaming radio show, and I would even recommend that some consider doing it if they're amenable to that format. Could be video, could be audio. Um, but again, there are three main reasons to probably consider playing in that sandbox. And in this case, for an artist, their credibility podcastability, and visibility, and even CD-ability if you want to add a fourth. Credibility, well, it's a pretty cool thing when you can point people to an on-demand space that houses not just your music, but also interviews, rehearsals, and even just band members pontificating on developing lyrics and songs. Because it's a downloadable on-demand streaming service, listeners can easily download shows, and podcasts are very much part of the music-like water, easy user experience that consumers are looking for and demanding right now. 
And downloading a half-hour show filled with great conversation and music, of course, makes the perfect backdrop to a ride in the car, on a train, a workout, etc. And finally, it's ridiculously easy for a new artist or anybody to edit off the Blog Talk Radio branding at the beginning and dump their shows to a CD. Uh, that's a very inexpensive way to build a connection with live fans. Just pass them out like business cards or even sell those at the back of an event or, or a gig. Hand them out as prizes at an event. So if we're looking for a final reason to be on streaming radio, it would be the all-important and elusive revenue stream. If they go for the paid version of Blog Talk Radio, which can be as low as $40 a month, an artist or a band can actually set up a private show where they can charge fans to attend. You just have to pay and register on a separate space, even through PayPal, in order to get the call-in number or URL to listen online. So it's, a, it's just a great vehicle for artists to consider, and we don't see too many of them taking advantage of that yet. Let's follow just one more question. You talked a little bit about Twitter, and you said it was kind of open. Some artists like tweet, some others don't. Mm-hmm. Can you give us an example of, of how people have really used Twitter into a revenue stream? I mean, we, we hear about celebrities. We hear about Alex Baldwin, you know, tweeting about what happened on American Airlines. Or, you know, and we've got Ashton Kutcher, and he's tweeting about his thing. But how have artists really tried to, um, to use Twitter and been successful at actually getting uh, revenue from it? Is that even possible? Oh, absolutely it's possible. And, in fact, there are some great examples of Twitter becoming monetized in very creative ways. Uh, I'll reference one of the case studies we use in that ebook I mentioned earlier of mine uh, from the Dresden Dolls. The lead singer of Dresden Dolls, Amanda Palmer, was tweeting on a Friday night a few months ago. She's an avid user of Twitter, and like many artists and celebrities, she had created a strong direct line of communication with her fans. In fact, Amanda had previously used Twitter to gather flash crowds of up to 200 fans to meet her in various public spaces where she'd play ukulele, sign autographs, hug, take pictures, and otherwise connect with her fans. And this goes pretty far in the way of creating a tribe of fans and brand advocates, of course, and as the heart of Direct-to-Fan, as we discussed earlier. Just as an aside, it's a great way to use the meetup group as well. But anyway, by using a hashtag that Friday night, Amanda was able to take a conversation she created and become one of the top trending topics of that day. She took the conversations that were going on around her hashtag and live in the moment. She created a T-shirt around them. She had her web guy put up a sales page also in real time, and she tweeted it. The mob on Twitter then began ordering the T-shirts, which she literally designed with a Sharpie in under an hour. (laughs) She used a slogan that one of the mobs suggested, don't stand up for what's right, stay in for what's wrong. Mm. And by the end of that night, Amanda had sold over 200 shirts. She shared the story on her blog the next day and sold another 200 shirts. That's a total of 400 shirts times $25 each. Not a bad way to clear $10,000 in an evening. Wow. And that was just the beginning. Yeah. That's correct. That's absolutely great. But you say, again, I say, like with the Blog Talk Radio, it's amazing how much creativity would go a long way towards bringing artists these new revenue streams, and we see very few of them taking advantage of it yet, but still early days. Well, this is fascinating. We could talk for hours, but uh, we're going to let you go right now. Before we do that, you mentioned you have your own blog talk radio show. Why don't you give us the, um, the information as to how people can, uh, can find that? Sure. Uh, one way is I, I house and archive all my blog talk radio shows on my own website at allaccessgroup.com. And then um, if they want to find the direct show on blog talk radio, it's simply blogtalkradio.com slash Kelly Richards, Kelly with an I, Richards with an S. Hey, terrific. Thank you very much. We've been talking with Kelly Richards. Kelly is the CEO of All Access Group, 
and uh, and working uh, on some really fascinating things in the digital music and media arenas. So thank you, Kelly, for joining us. It's my pleasure, Linda. Thank you. Great. This is Linda Popke for Marketing Thought Leadership, and we'll talk to you next time. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Marketing Thought Leadership, brought to you by L2M Associates. If you'd like to find out how you can improve the return on your investment in marketing programs, processes, or people, contact us at www.l2massociates.com.